Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the No Huddle Podcast. Today we have episode four. We're going to be hitting on some pretty big topics in the world of college football. Starting out, we're going to be talking about Todd Munkin leaving the Georgia Bulldogs, going to be the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Mike Bobo, he's been promoted, the offensive coordinator under Kirby Smart. And then we'll also be talking about Gerard Parker being promoted, the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman. And then to finish off the episode, we're going to be talking about some of the best quarterback battles to watch as spring ball progresses in college football. Let's get started out right at the top with Todd Munkin heading to the NFL. Like I said, he's going to the Baltimore Ravens to be offensive coordinator there. Mike Bobo stepping in as the new offensive coordinator. This is his second stint with the Georgia Bulldogs. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach under Mark Richt from 2007 to 2014. After the 2012 season, he was a finalist for the Boreos Award, which is given to the top assistant in the country, either offense or defensive coordinator. After his first stint with the Bulldogs, he was named head coach. Things did not go as well during his time there. He finished with a record of 38-28, and and that is at Colorado State. The 28-38 record, I believe that was over five and a half seasons. I think so, maybe six. But then Colorado State and Mike Bobo, they mutually agreed to part ways due to the lack of team success. This then led to South Carolina hiring him as their offensive coordinator. And I believe that was during Will Muschamp's tenure there for the Gamecocks. He was then named interim head coach after they fired Will Muschamp. After spending 2021 with the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson, he returned to Georgia as an offensive analyst where he was part of the national championship team this past season in 2022. Todd Munkin, he's going to Baltimore. He left the spot open. Kirby hired from within and quickly chose Mike Bobo to fill that open spot. Now, I want to get into some pros and cons of this hire. Some pros are the familiarity within the program. You're hiring someone who was there last season. You won't have to change anything. The verbiage, you know, the play calls, the playbook, all that's the same language, hopefully. I mean, I imagine Kirby Smart will do it that way. I imagine they're running most of Kirby's stuff. I mean, he's going to have the offense go how he wants, just like Nick Saban at Alabama. They're defensive coaches, but the offense is going to go a certain way and to a certain extent. Um, When Bobo arrived, it seemed as if Georgia hit another gear in 2022, passing the ball more. Remember in 2021, their defense was one of the best of all time. But there was points when the offense was just lacklusters, not explosive whatsoever. But then in 2022, we saw Stenson Bennett turn into a Heisman candidate under Todd Munkin. But I think Mike Bobo can get some credit there as well in the passing game. He was the lead offensive analyst as well. But Mike Bobo, another pro of this hire, he's an ace recruiter. He's one of the best recruiters in the SEC. When you, when you go look at his 247 page, which I encourage you guys to go look at, which is, it'll just show you like his commit list, his all-time commits, some of the best players to commit to him if he was the primary or secondary recruiter. Some of those guys are Matthew Stafford, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, Aaron Murray, etc. A whole bunch of guys on that list. Now some cons, maybe the bad side of the hire. If Kirby lets Bobo run his own stuff, now what exactly does that look like? I said that Kirby's going to have his offense go a certain way. But he also let Todd Munkin do a lot on his own. Now, if he lets Mike Bobo do a lot, like a lot of his own stuff, let him create the offense to a certain point, if 
I was a Georgia fan, I'm not sure I'd be too excited about that. Just because of his previous stops and how his offenses have fared. And no one really knows what a Mike Bobo offense looks like. And if you want to go take a good example, I mean, his first thing with Georgia with Aaron Murray like and Matthew Stafford, I mean, their offenses were good. It's just it's just like 2021. Like We all knew it could be better, and then 2022 it was better. So it'll be interesting to see what the offense does look like in 2023. His previous stops have been widespread out pro-style offenses, a lot of tight like two tight end formations as well. Now, I know Georgia has amazing tight ends, but the bigger the formations, and that could take away some explosiveness to a point. I know Brock Bowers is coming back. You're losing Washington, but you have Oscar Delp in there as well, so that's going to be one of the best tight end duos in college football. I imagine Kirby's going to be all for that two tight end look with some more explosiveness to the offense. So why that is like a negative just because, like, formational-wise, doesn't mean that they can't be explosive. And I said Mike Bobo's a great recruiter, but does he want to recruit at this stage in his career, or does he just want to call plays and run the offense? If he wants to recruit, I think this is a home run hire for Kirby. I say that because there's a guy named Dylan Raiola, who's a five-star number one player in the class of 2024, who, as of right now, George is probably, probably the leader for the, for him. They're battling USC and Texas for him right now at the moment. Remember, he decommitted from Ohio State. But Georgia is going to be in the market for a quarterback in the 2024 cycle, and Don Rayola is at the top of their list. And Mike Bobo, that's probably probably going to be his number one job, like starting probably right now, is to get on the phone and start recruiting, try to get Don Rayola on campus as early as possible in the spring. Just whether or not Mike Bobo wants to recruit, I put that as a negative because I mean he might just want to run the offense, and if that's the case, that's that's going to be a problem for Georgia in my opinion because they're going to recruit the defensive side of the ball so well just because Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, some of the best recruiters in college football are on that side of the ball. And another negative with this hire, like Kirby could have gotten any coordinator and hired anyone from any team. He'll pay the he'll pay him. Like he Georgia can pay whoever they want. I'm just concerned, like, do the players want to play for Mike Bobo? I guess we'll find out after spring because they didn't have the luxury of transferring. So Mike Bobo got hired after the window closed, just like a lot of these coaches have been. So I guess we'll see after the spring. If a lot of guys transfer out, I think that's gonna tell us a lot about how the locker room feels about Mike Bobo being hired. But if there is no transfers and their spring game goes well, like their offense looks pretty good in the spring game, I think this is going to be a very good hire for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. Now headed to Notre Dame, we're going to talk about Gerard Parker. He just got named the offensive coordinator for Marcus Freeman. This will be his second time calling plays in his coaching career. He was the offensive coordinator at West Virginia for the 2020 and 2021 seasons. His offenses at West Virginia were ranked 88th and 83rd in his two seasons there as the play caller. A big part of that, though, were the lower-ranking offenses, definitely because of the lack of a good quarterback. I mean, he's going to be coaching Sam Hartman, so easily the best quarterback he's ever coached, probably. And last season, he did spend one year at Notre Dame. He was a tight end coach in 2022. 
So that's definitely a positive. You have scheme and roster familiarity with Parker. He knows the players. I know you're losing Michael Mayer, and you're going to have a new quarterback. So you lose your best player from last year, and your new best player is a new player overall. There's definitely going to be some learning there. But Parker, like I said, he's going to be coaching the best quarterback he's probably ever coached. And his offense is at West Virginia, 88th and 83rd. Like, that is not very good, especially for a Power 5 school. So I expect Notre Dame, their offense could be really good. If if Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, who we've been watching at Wake Forest, if they get the receiving room, figure it out, because that was definitely a problem last season, the lack of separation on the outside. Some negatives, though. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, like, this was not your top targeted offensive coordinator. You missed out on Andy Ludwig. A lot of rumors going around about not paying the buyout. If that's true, if that's not true, either way, they missed out on him. And Gerard Parker, we just got to be honest here with his offenses. There's not a great history of high-powered, explosive offenses that have been ran by him. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what he can do with a really good quarterback. Overall, if I was a Notre Dame fan, though, I think I'd be pretty upset. Probably not the happiest, just because they, we had to settle for a hire and hire from within when we went after a big dog and Andy Ludwig, and we didn't get him. Either way, though, it's a change. Tommy Reese is gone. We filled the void. Now let's just move on to spring ball. So, yeah, Gerard Parker, he's headed to Notre Dame as the new offensive coordinator. And to finish out the episode, I want to talk about some of the top quarterback battles in spring. So I'm going to talk talk about Georgia first. This is probably a three-way battle here. You have Gunnar Stockton, Brock Vandergriff, and Carson Beck battling for the starting spot. Gunnar Stockton, former four-star recruit, he was a seventh-rated quarterback in the 2022 class. So he was a freshman this past season. You have Brock Vandergriff, who was a five-star recruit. He was the fourth quarterback in the 2021 class, one of the better quarterbacks in high school coming out. Very talented player, but nonetheless, from what I'm reading and from what Kirby Smart did in the national championship, Carson Beck was the backup to Stenson Bennett, and he's probably the early favorite to win the job. Former four-star recruit and the ninth overall quarterback in the 2020 class. Like I said, we saw a little bit from him in the natty when Georgia was blowing TCU out of the water. We saw a little bit of Carson Beck. Now, I think this battle is going to go all the way to fall camp. I don't think Kirby's going to make a decision maybe a couple weeks before the season starts just because there's a lot of talented players. And also, there's no no advantage of naming your starter in the spring. There's just nothing to it. But I will say, I'm sure these players would want Kirby to tell them, you're not starting. Right now we have you third. And that's after spring. Just so they can transfer out and go find a new place and they can play in the 2023 season. On the flip side, like why not stay battle to fall camp? Because things can easily change. Someone could get hurt. I mean, never wish for that, but injuries do happen. So a spot could open up. Either way, I think Georgia's going to be just fine at quarterback. I'll be fascinating to see who ends up starting week one for the Bulldogs. Next, I want to talk about Ohio State. Right now, this is just a two-man battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Kyle McCord is a former five-star recruit. I think he was the number, I want to say number three quarterback in the class of 2021. It really depends where you look. He's number four on some places, six 
on others. But he's probably the early favorite. I mean, just in, just like in high school, he's probably the alpha amongst his peers at Ohio State. Very talented quarterback. And then Devin Brown is going to be battling for the starting spot with him. Four-star recruit. He was the sixth quarterback in the class of 2022. So he was a freshman this past season. Two very talented quarterbacks. And you have Ryan Day coaching. Marvin Harrison, Emeka Igbuka at receiver. And you have Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson at running back. Whichever one of these guys is the quarterback, I think Ohio State's going to be just fine on offense. I think the spring game is going to tell us a lot about who Ryan Day is leaning with. I don't think they're going to waste too much time. Why? Now, I say this just because Ryan Day, like the type of coach he is, I think he's going to want to get a starter in his ride fall camp with one guy. One guy is a starter. And I imagine that's going to be Kyle McCord. But I'm not going to count out Devin Brown whatsoever. I know he's very talented. Just going to have to wait and see who the starter is for the Buckeyes for this upcoming season. And then next, I want to talk about Alabama. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Probably the two, probably the only two guys battling for this starting job. I know they have two quarterbacks coming in as true freshmen, but Ty Simpson, former five-star recruit, number three quarterback in the class of 2022. My opinion, he's the early favorite here, especially headed into the spring. But he's going to be going up against Jalen Milrow, who's a former four-star recruit. He played in a few games this past season, filling for Bryce Young when he had that shoulder injury. Jalen Milrow did beat Arkansas. He did beat A&M. He played pretty well. It's just the passing offense, the passing game is not the same when Milrow's in there. He's more of a Blake Sims, if you remember Blake Sims at Alabama back in 2014. So I think they're going to go Ty Simpson here just for the passing element. He's a better pocket passer. And I don't think Saban wants to go back to the Jalen Hurts or the Blake Sims offense. Now, even though they're good, it's just we've seen Alabama have so much success throwing the football. And Mac Jones was a Heisman candidate. Bryce Young won the Heisman. They won a championship in 2020. Went to another one in 18. And those offenses were airing the ball out. So I don't think Nick Saban's going to want to go away from that. So if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick Ty Simpson to win the Alabama job. Next, I want to talk about Texas. Now, this is probably the most hyped-up quarterback battle probably in college football right now. We have Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Two former five-star recruits, both number one players in their class, 2021 for Ewers and then 2023 for Arch Manning. Now, I put this one on here really just for fun because I think Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter unless something, I don't even know, something crazy happens. But Arch Manning is going to fight for this job. He's an early enrollee. You know, there's a lot of players on that team, especially the freshmen that went to Texas to play with Arch Manning. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how this pans out in the spring because when Quinn Ewers was healthy, when he almost beat Alabama, they probably win that game if he stays healthy. But then there's the back half of the season when he really struggled. I mean, there's rumors out there he was playing through injury. That definitely could have played a part. But nonetheless, if he lays off just a little bit, Arch Manning is going to be right there to take his spot. So I think all eyes are going to be on Austin, Texas to see who's the starter come week one. Heck, even in week four or week five, that could easily change during the season. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, they have probably the most unique quarterback room right now. They have three guys, and two of them committed within a couple days of each other. 
and neither of those two were the starter last year. Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders, and Walker Howard are going to be battling for the starting quarterback job. Jackson Dart was the starter in 2022, former four-star quarterback. And Spencer Sanders, he was an Oklahoma State starter. He's probably the early favorite right now just because of experience, and I put a question mark by that. Like I put the, I think that puts a ceiling on your offense if Spencer Sanders is your quarterback. When you have two young guys that have probably a higher ceiling, I'd say Walker Howard has the highest ceiling in this room. He's young. He's a former five-star, depending on what recruiting service you look at. But if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm looking at this quarterback room. I have Spencer Sanders, who's played for a long time at Oklahoma State, had problems turning the ball over. And that's why I said he puts a ceiling, probably a lower ceiling on your offense than Jackson Dart or Walker Howard would. And I look at Jackson Dart. He started last year, so the familiarity is there. And maybe Lane Kiffin just brought these two guys in to push Jackson Dart. Maybe Lane Kiffin wants Dart to be the starter. Maybe he's a fan of him. Maybe he likes him running his offense. He just wanted guys to come in and push. That could definitely be the case here. But on the flip hand, when you, Walker Howard, you're bringing in a five-star quarterback who's very talented, spent one year at LSU. And the sky's the limit for this kid. And Lane Kiffin can see it this way. I'm going to have this kid start. He's good enough to play. Things may not go well this year, but I know I'm going to have him for another year, two or three years down the line, and he can be the quarterback I develop. This is Mac, look at Matt Corral. Lane Kiffin turned Matt Corral into a very good college football quarterback and went to a New Year's Six Bowl game. So I don't know what way this is going to go. It really just depends if Lane Kiffin chooses experience over a young, talented kid. We're just going to have to wait and see. Next up, I want to talk about UCLA. This quarterback battle is going to be between Colin Schley and Dante Moore. Colin Schley is a Kent State transfer. He was their starter in 2022. And what I was reading from UCLA people, he's probably the early favorite right now. With that being said, though, Dante Moore, five-star quarterback, number three quarterback in the 2023 class. Yes, a true freshman, but he went to UCLA for a reason. He went there to play early, get developed, and be an outstanding quarterback. Now, all that can happen this year. I think Dante Moore is going to win the starting job, and I don't think it's going to be in the spring. I think this is going to be two to three weeks in fall camp. Dante Moore is going to show Chip Kelly our offense can be better with me. There may be a higher floor. I choose to experience Colin Schley. But the ceiling will be higher with Dante Moore just because of his playmaking ability. Now, yes, he's going to be a freshman, but he just has, I don't even know, like that poise and the leadership. It's all there. He's going to step in and be like a junior or senior mentally, lead the team. I mean, he can make every throw as well. I'm a big fan of Dante Moore. I ranked him number two or tied with Nico for my best quarterback. In the 2023 class, I had both of them above Arch. Like I think Dante Moore is that good. I think he's good enough to play year one. And I really, I personally, nothing against college league, but I hope Dante Moore plays. Like I just want to see him play as early as possible and see Chip Kelly get the most out of him. So we're just going to have to wait and see where the Bruins go there. And the last quarterback battle I want to talk about is Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims at Nebraska. I find this one very intriguing because of Matt Rule. This is his first job, I mean, first year on the job. And this is a very important decision for him. Two 
two pretty talented quarterbacks, dual threat guys. Casey Thompson was the starter in 2022. He was a former four-star recruit. And then Jeff Sims, he was a Georgia Tech starter last season. He was also a former four-star back in the 2020 class. Now, both of these guys were in very similar situations. Very good players on very bad teams, especially Jeff Sims. There was a point when I mean, he just... I think he just called it quits and entered the portal, and I don't blame him just because no matter what he did, no matter how good he was, Georgia Tech was not going to win ball games with him, and they're not going to win ball games really with anyone probably in the near future just because of the state of that roster. And then Casey Thompson went through a coaching change, so who knows, right? Like, who knows if Casey Thompson is going to be the quarterback we saw last year, and we saw glimpses of glimpses of a very good player I mean go back to that Nebraska the Nebraska Northwestern game yeah in Ireland last season yeah they lost but they didn't lose because of him he played very good played very good throughout the season actually I think Matt Rule's gonna go with Jeff Sims if I like right now I think he's gonna go Jeff Sims in the spring game to start I don't think Casey Thompson, I don't think it holds any weight, him being the starter last year because Matt Rule wasn't there. Both these guys are getting a new start. I just think Jeff Sims has a higher ceiling. I've been a big fan of him the past couple of seasons. Like I said, the situation he's been in has just not been good whatsoever. I think he transferred in for a reason. I think he saw an opportunity. I think with his skill set, he can easily win over this job. But either way, I think Nebraska is going to be a very improved team. Year one under Matt Rule with very good options at quarterback. We're just going to see where things go there. And by the looks of it, it looks like that's going to do it for today's episode. So be sure to leave a like, guys, and subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Also, comment down below some future topics you'd like me to cover or your favorite team. I can do a little segment on your favorite team, whether that's a roster preview, schedule preview, whatever it may be. Be sure to leave a like, guys, and I'll catch you guys in the next video.